Hi, everyone. We have some exciting news. With just a few clicks, you can pack an Operation Christmas Child shoebox gift online and share God's love with a boy or girl in need around the world. Simply select toys and other fun items you'd like to include from our collection and personalize your gift with your own letter and photo. Samaritan's Purse will then pack the gift for you and send it on its way for a donation of just $25. And now we're introducing Goal Pages. It's a great way to pack shoeboxes online and encourage your church or group to participate. In a few easy steps, you can create a custom web page and track your progress towards a shoebox goal. Just upload an image or logo, write an inspiring message, and set a goal for how many shoebox gifts you want to pack. You'll receive a unique link from your page that you can share via email or social media. Then watch your goal tracker to see how many children will be blessed with the good news of Jesus Christ. And remember to pray for the children who will receive your shoeboxes, that their lives would find the hope of the gospel. Visit SamaritansPurse.org slash buildonline for more information. Good morning. I need to pray because I'm nervous and my cup runneth over. Dear Lord, we invite you into our service today, fully expecting you to be with us because you promised to be with us. Dear Lord, just help us to, to find somebody to love today and to reach out to them and show the love you've given to us and the generosity you've given to us to these people. Open doors. Help us to commit to Operation Christmas Child to the goals we've set and to exceed in that goal. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I wanted to tell you a couple of things about Operation Christmas Child, even though I'm not as cute as Megan or Mia doing the announcements, but um, Operation Christmas Child isn't just about the shoebox. Every village that a shoebox goes to, there is also um, a Bible study that goes on for the children, and the adults can join as well. So if you want to see what the Bible study looks like, I've got a copy. Uh, You can also go online. So I wanted you to see that it's not just the shoebox. The shoebox is just the way of getting in. Um, Our church is also a drop-off location starting November 14th. And we will be a drop-off location for the western end of the county for a week. So I have made schedules, three schedules. They are identical I'm going to spread them out on the front so that you don't have to stand in line and wait on the one copy. I will combine all the copies later. So if you are interested in helping or if you're just interested in coming and being loved on, because honestly, there's we work hard and then we'll have like 30 minutes to just visit. And then you'll work really hard when another group comes in and then we'll get to sit again and just visit. And it's so refreshing to catch up with old friends and neighbors and church members. And so even if you don't feel like physically this is for you, I bet you can come and love on somebody and just be together. Great opportunity. Um, 
in the instructions, it tells you to put, I think it's $10 shipping. You don't have to do that. That is built in from our church. So um, I know we've got people contributing to that, and the church is preparing for that too. So um, if you have questions, please ask me. So far, this is all we have towards our goal of 200. So please get your shoe boxes done and turn them in as soon as possible. Merry Christmas. Well, good morning to you. Hey, it's good to see you this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I hope that whenever you came in this morning, you either picked up or handed a copy of our bulletin. Uh, all of the announcements that are in there are extremely important. There's a lot of things that are going on right now, things that are coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. want to make sure that you are aware of all of those things. So please make sure each Sunday as you come in that you pick up a copy of the bulletin. The announcements usually are scrolling on our screens up until about five minutes before service starts. Uh, so you can, you can also get your information from there. But we want to make sure you're informed. One thing that I do want to highlight in our bulletin, uh, we've not really talked a lot about it up to this point, but I want to make sure we mention it, and that is that uh, our church is partnering with uh, uh, six other churches to help West Stanley Christian Ministries. Every year they have what is called Day of Giving, and they do this. They actually uh, stage everything at Family Sports and Fitness, uh, their facility there, but they have identified 200 families in our county that are in need. These are families that will not have a Christmas uh, of any type unless it's provided for them. So that's what we want to do with these other churches where we are joining together to help West Stanley Christian Ministries raise $20,000 during the month of November. Uh, every penny that is given will go directly to that event. Uh, they help families. They, they have food. They have clothing. They have toys. They allow these 200 families to come in and shop for Christmas on that day of giving there at that facility. So uh, it, is, uh, it is a great event. It's our opportunity to partner with our sister churches in the area to make a difference. So I want to encourage you to pray about if uh, the Lord leads you to give. As you give, make sure you make uh, your monetary donations payable to our church, but make sure that uh, somehow, some way, you earmark it that it is, it is for uh, day of giving. And then that way we'll make sure it gets accredited to the right place. So all of that's in your bulletin. You'll have the information there, but I did want to call your attention to it. Uh, tomorrow night's the big Locust Fall Festival. Uh, I hope you, I just want you to see what you, what you've done. That's what my mom used to always say when I was in trouble. See what you did? I want you to see what you did. Eight years ago, we decided to, as a church, we would take our fall festival and go over into the park and we would invite other churches to come in and join with us. We've been doing this now uh, eight years. Last year we had 42 vendors. We had 5,000 people show up. Um, you did that and I want to commend you for that. Uh, tomorrow night we're partnering with those same churches again coming back in. 
we have 37 vendors uh, set up for tomorrow evening. We're expecting a, about 4,500 to 5,000, depending on weather. Uh, so thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for how you're ministering to our community. And uh, if you want if you want to be a part of anything that's going on tomorrow night and you're not already <clears throat> signed up to do something, if you'll let me know, we've, we've got plenty of places for you to work, and we'd love for you to be a part of that event. Right now, I know they're calling for rain. Uh, a lot of people have been asking about that, and I can go ahead and tell you, we've got 30-plus uh, uh, vendors, and that's churches and businesses, that are go- have bought enough candy to feed a small country. So we, they've got to do something with that candy. Uh, so we're going to go on tomorrow night, uh, rain or shine, as long as it's not a monsoon or lightning or anything that's threatening, we will go ahead with the event, and uh, we want to encourage you to, to be there. It's a safe alternative to trick-or-treating. It's a fun place where the family can come. It's safe. Uh, our locust uh, police officers are going to be out there uh, pr- patrolling, making sure everything is good. So it's an opportunity to minister and love on our community. I hope you'll do that. Let's take just a moment to pray together. Thank you for letting me be minister of announcements for about a few minutes there. Uh, let's pray, and then uh, we'll go about the business of why we're here. Our Father and our God, how good it is to be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day. And we thank you, Lord, that you have given us this privilege and this honor We know, God, that there's not a single one of us in this room right now that is here by accident. Long before this day ever came about, you knew that this group of people would be gathered in this house of worship on this day. And, Lord, you have prepared everything accordingly, knowing the needs of every person in the room, knowing the hurts and the struggle of every person in the room, knowing the the joys and the rejoicing of every person in the room. And so, Lord, I pray that today as we go through our time together, as we sing your praises, as we study your word, as we fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your name be glorified. May you be lifted above every name. May the name of Jesus be exalted in this place. And I pray, Lord, that we will catch a glimpse of your glory today as you manifest your power and presence in our lives. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say, knowing, Lord, that when when we listen and we hear your voice, when we respond as you ask, Lord, that's when we're blessed. So we pray, Lord, that this service today would be all about you, nothing else, and that you gain all of the glory, all of the praise. For it's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen.
Go to the Lord in prayer, please. Dear and Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've given us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, thank you for the rain uh, that you've given us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, uh, thank you uh, for everything you've given us, dear Lord. Uh, just be with Tommy as he brings us the message this morning. Uh, now uh, we come to the point in time 
uh, just uh, give a small portion back to you, dear Lord, uh, for the many things that you give us. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.
stand. Thank you for your singing. I invite you to be seated. Um, thank you, uh, Tommy and Nancy, for letting me borrow a little bit of the worship service this morning. Um, I want to invite um, the kids to come up front for just a few minutes. So um, any of you kids that want to come up here and join me, that would be awesome. Um, just join me up here up front. I know it's something new, something a little different. You're not used to it. Get your blood flowing. It's all right. Um, I just want to do something real quick with you guys. Um, it's just a part of our worship service this morning. You all can just sit kind of right here in front with me. I'm going to take a, a knee. Yeah, just sit down. Just sit down. Just sit down. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Y'all are looking great this morning. Y'all are doing great this morning. Well, you'll find out in just a second. Cool. So, did you guys know that everyone is kind of like a pumpkin? And parents know that's not a fat joke, I promise. This, like, everyone is like a pumpkin. How many of you carved pumpkins this season already? Two of you? How many of you are going to carve a pumpkin this season? Cool. Well, we're all kind of like a pumpkin because on the inside of us, we all have this gunk and junk called sin that needs to be cleaned out before Christ can come in and His light shine through us. So we have to do a, a lot of things um, and allow Christ to just shine His light through us. He's got to come in and work in us, and He's got to dig out all the sin out of us, and we've got to commit our light to Him before His light can shine out of us to the people around us. So, you want to see it? See? The light of Christ. Yeah, it's the light of Jesus shining out of us. Cool, right? So, I want you guys to pay attention to Pastor Tommy's sermon this morning. Can we do that? So you can learn more about how Jesus can shine out of you to the people around you. Because this is what it's all about. Allowing Jesus to get inside of us and shine out of us. I'm going to pray for you guys. And then we're going to keep going with our worship service. Thank you guys. Let's pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day, Lord. Just thank you for allowing your light to shine out of us and you coming in and cleaning the, the gunk and junk out of us we call sin so that you can shine in us, Lord. We just love you and we thank you. So in name, I pray. Amen. Right. Go find your parenting, yes. Operation Save on Mission for Jesus, uh, doing charitable work uh, here in Malawi. On top of that, we established um, um, we established zones where different pastors they come together and uh, they form a zone, and the, their duty is to go out and preach the gospel. So we are there to support them. As we are supporting them, they are there also to identify some of the basic needs um, in the 
areas in the villages and um, normally what we, 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 we do we try at least to empower them so that they can continue working doing the work Jesus uh, our Lord Savior uh, left so we came across here this is Chikanda zone where pastors uh, from different churches they come together and uh, again they identified uh, the disabled man known as Masulani Chizala. So we're here with Masulani, um, the, uh, with the zone leaders and the pastors in this area. They had brought a request um, for, for us to be able to help him and his family of six. Um, the village has been providing them with all of their clothing and uh, with any sort of help that they have because of Masulani's um, disability and even his wife has a disability of hearing. <laughs> And so they're in desperate need of a new house. <laughs> of course uh, the family that you guys have so very graciously uh, in your giving uh, built them a brand new home the monsoon season starts there in Malawi uh, in just a few weeks Uh, that will be their springtime and that's usually their monsoon season and uh, we were informed while we were there that his home would not withstand another monsoon that it would collapse And so you so very graciously gave of your resources, uh, and of course, uh, we, through Operation Save, we were able to build him his new house. Um, He uh, is the envy of his his tribe, I'll go ahead and tell you that, there in the village. He has running water inside his house, that's unheard of, Uh, through a solar panel uh, that uh, powers the pump, and so the village has clean water. He has water inside his house. Uh, he has a new home that's sturdy, and thank you for what you've done. I uh, wanted to share that with you uh, because it was something that was sent to me. Uh, our church will be highlighted during the Operation Save uh, end of the year banquet here in a couple of weeks, and uh, we have some of our, our team members who went uh, to Malawi that are going to be there and be a part of that. Uh, and so thank you. I wanted you to see 
what, uh, what you have done and what God has done through you. So thank you, First Baptist Church of Locust. You made that happen. And uh, lives are being changed. There's actually a Bible study taking place inside of that home right now um, each week. And the plan is as um, people come to know the Lord through that, that they will start a church in that village. So thank you for what you have done. If you have your Bibles uh, with you this morning, would you join me in the book of Acts chapter number 2? Acts chapter number 2. I think this is probably a very familiar passage of Scripture, at least for most people who have uh, spent time uh, in church. Maybe you grew up in church and spent some time in vacation Bible school or Sunday school, and you probably have heard this passage. For some of you, it may be the first time you've ever heard it, and, and I think you're going to find that it's absolutely an amazing event that takes place uh, as the New Testament church of Jesus Christ is birthed uh, here in uh, Acts chapter number 2. We're going to read verse number 41 down through verse number 47. So let's read together. Here's what the Bible says. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day they were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept the feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions, and were sharing with, with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we give you all the glory and the praise for the things that you have done and are doing. We know that we are totally and completely dependent upon you. That in and of ourselves, in our own strength, in our own wisdom, in our own knowledge, that, Lord, there's just absolutely nothing that we can do that will make an eternal difference. So we need you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you made a way through your finished work on Calvary's cross and through your resurrection, for us to know God personally, for the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of each of us. And I pray now, Lord, that as, as we listen to your word, as we study your word, that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to us today, that our hearts will be open toward heaven that our ears will be in tuned with your voice. And that, Lord, as you speak to us today, may we not only hear, but may we respond in a way that brings honor to you. Lord, take our time that is left here together this morning. Use it for your glory to build your kingdom. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, today I want us to conclude our look at biblical community, that, that process of going from me and becoming we, that process of a believer uniting with the body of Christ and becoming connected with the work that God is doing through His New Testament church. We've defined biblical community several different times, and just as a way of reminder, let's do that again. Biblical community is defined as believers living in harmony with one another and living in intimacy with Jesus. Now, those two things go hand in hand. Because we will never achieve harmony together outside of intimacy with Jesus. And if we're not living uh, in in, in intimacy with Jesus, then, then we've missed the very purpose for which we were created and through which God has given us all of his blessings of salvation. Everything we do as a church body produces an end result. We're not just out here doing church, just doing things. Everything we do as a body of believers has an end result. There are consequences, good and bad, to every decision that we make. So here is our $6 million question this morning. What are these results? What are the consequences of biblical community? When we practice that, what, what comes out of it? What does God want to produce through it? In this very familiar passage of Scripture, we, we witness the New Testament church being brought into existence. Peter, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, has stood and and preached the gospel, told the truth. And the Bible tells us that were, there were 3,000 people that were in attendance that day, out in the streets, listening to Peter preach, that when they heard the truth, they responded to the truth. And they became followers of Jesus Christ. They became the, the beginnings of that New Testament church. We find in our in our passage, we're just days removed from the the days of Pentecost and the coming of the Holy Spirit, and things are beginning to happen, and people are hearing the truth, and 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 we we find something absolutely amazing happening. Not only do we see the miracle of salvation, people coming to know Christ, but we see the miracle of a church bonding together and practicing biblical community. And in this few verses that we've read together, we see what those consequences are, what those results are. So I want to share them with you very quickly. And this is what we need to look forward to as we continue to grow together, as we continue to bond together, as we continue to invest in each other as the body of Christ. This is what we can expect. That first result that we see there, is that their devotion began to grow. We saw that in verse 41 through down through verse number 43. We see biblical community is is beginning to increase their devotion, at least two areas anyway, being the very first one is the most obvious one, is their spiritual devotion. 
The Bible tells us that as they, as, as they began to bond together, that there was something beautiful that began to take place. They began to grow spiritually. They began to, to, to learn more about Jesus. They began to, to understand more clearly God's purpose and plan for their life. And they began to grow in their spiritual life. Well, how do we know that, Tommy? It's, it's very, here's where we find that evidence, in their hunger for the Word of God. They couldn't get enough. You see, a lot of times we, we struggle to, to make it to our gatherings of Bible study, whether it's on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday evening or someday through the week when we're gathering with others. We find it difficult to do that often with our schedules, but I want you to see that they were doing this every single day. Day by day, every day, they had this insatiable hunger for the Word of God. They, they wanted to learn what the Scriptures had to say. They wanted to learn how to pray. And so they're, they're joining together, hearing and learning. And the more they, they heard and the more they learned, then the more they wanted to be together to hear and learn. That's the beauty of the body of Christ is that we, we help each other grow in our devotion to God and our knowledge of Jesus Christ and our understanding of God's call on our life. We work together life on life as a body together helping each other grow. Their study of Scripture became as much a part of their daily routine as eating their meals. It doesn't just say that they ate together every day. It said they studied together every day. Every time this body of believers came together, the Word of God was the very center and the focal point of everything that they did. Here's the problem. When we disconnect from the body of Christ, when we disconnect from the church, we will see our spiritual devotion begin to wane. We need that connection together. We need to gather together around the Word of God. It is our common bread. It is our common need. It is our shared hunger that we want to know more about the Lord that we serve. You see, there, when we detach ourselves, and it's so easy to do because there's so many things in the world that calls for our attention so many things that pulls us away from gathering together there's so many different things that that are constantly tugging at us it's easy for us to to disconnect from the body of christ but when we do that not only do does our spiritual devotion begin to wane but there's less encouragement from others to stay devoted to jesus there's less encouragement from other believers to, to submit to His will for our life. And so we, we find ourselves waning in our devotion. But when we come together, as this first century church did, we find that their devotion began to grow. Not just to the Word of God. Even though that is, I think, central theme and most importantly it is found in here is that they, they had a hunger for the Word of God. And let me just stop right here and tell you that if there's not a hunger for the Word of God in your heart, 
then there needs to be a self-examination made. What's going on that's, that's keeping you from desiring and hungering after the Word of God to know more about Him? What is it that's, that's hindering you? There's something there. There's a lot of illnesses that are going around. This is just the time of the year. We're entering into the flu season and the cold season and there's RSV spreading all through the school systems and there's COVID still hanging around and making itself a nuisance and there's just all of these ailments and illnesses around and and one of the things that almost every one of them do is rob you of your appetite. You just don't feel like eating because you're sick. Your body is not well so the hunger is not there. You see, that tells us something about the spiritual body of Christ, that when we're missing that hunger, there's a illness there somewhere. There's something going on that's robbing us of that desire, robbing us of our hunger. And we must make sure that we're doing our part to, to stay spiritually healthy and spiritually strong so that the hunger for the Word of God can remain strong in our in our hearts and in our church. But they not only grew in their devotion to their spiritual life, they they also grew in devotion to each other. They're, they began growing relationally. Their lives were enriched by their togetherness. You know, I appreciate what what Jane Ellen said a little while ago about you know maybe maybe you don't want to pack a, a box necessarily or, or or maybe you just want to come be a part of a family atmosphere man that's what we that's what we had last year wasn't it oh it was it was great just hanging out with people and yes we worked hard and yes we got a lot done packing uh, the, all of the boxes that came in and preparing them for shipment but it was just a great time of being together there's something about being together that makes us stronger. There's something about us getting together that makes us better. This relational connection that they enjoyed provided a place for everyone to belong. And, and that means for everyone to become better as a follower of Christ. Do you know the most basic need that you have is a, is a desire and a need to belong? You just need to belong to someone or something. You want someone to write your name on the bottom of their shoe. That's a reference to Toy Story if you don't know what I'm talking about. That's how, that's how Buzz knew that he had been accepted by his new owner, Andy. Andy wrote his name on the bottom of Buzz's shoe. You know, we all just want somebody to write our name on the bottom of their shoe, don't we? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, God's already got your name written on the bottom of His. But He wants you and I to know each other and love each other and fellowship together as the body of Christ in such a way that our, our names get written on somebody's shoe. That's what He wants from us, that belonging. And as, as the church comes together, as, as their devotion began to grow, as they practiced biblical community, their, their desire for the things of God grew, but then their desire to be together grew. The church, a, the body of born-again believers, it really is a family. We are family as a church. We are family now, some of you are crazy uncles. Some of you are long-lost cousins. 
but we're still family, right? We're family. And family is best when they're in harmony together. And practicing biblical community brings the body of Christ, the family of God, closer together. And as they study together and fellowship with one another, they begin to grow in their love for one another. So what are the results? What is that consequence of practicing biblical community? Well, the first one that right out of the, out of the block as we're reading the Word of God and we're watching the New Testament church be birthed into this, this world, here's one that the very first thing we notice is that devotion begins to grow. But there's a second result. Their compassion begins to grow. We saw that in verse 44, 45, and 46. You know, there was, there's, there was a time when I had, had someone come to me and they were complaining about t- having to tithe or being asked to tithe. You, you understand that's God's mandate on us, not the church's mandate on you or my mandate on anyone. That's, that's God's mandate on his, uh, on his body of believers. That we tithe. And so someone had come to me and they were, they were complaining about that tenth. You know, there's just so much I needed to be able to do with that. And I've got these bills and that bills. And, and I, and believe me, I understand we, especially in this day and age where you, you walk out of Walmart with one bag and, and you spent a hundred bucks. I get it. And you didn't even touch the meat aisle and you didn't even touch the electronics. You just bought bread and you spent that much money. I get it. Money's tight. I, I get that. But but listen to what I'm about to tell you. We could always practice the New Testament version of tithing. Can, can I read it for you? Here's the New Testament version of tithing. You ready? And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and their possessions and sharing them with all as anyone might have need. We could always go back to that, couldn't we? Go sell your house. Well, wait a minute, I like that 10% better, don't you? Go sell your car, wait a minute, I think I like that 10% better. Uh, let's just go start selling land, no, wait. I think I like the 10% better. Here's what I want you to understand is that when they came together, they began to give to one another sacrificially. We talked about this last Sunday and that When we practice biblical community, the Holy Spirit begins to open our eyes. We begin to see the hurts and the struggles and the needs of those around us. We begin to see the hurts of our brothers and sisters in Christ, the needs of our community. We begin to understand that there are people who are battling every single day just to survive. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about mentally and emotionally and physically. There's people every day they get up and they battle from the very moment their eyes open until the very moment their eyes close and sleep. They fight the day through. And they go to bed weary and they go to bed tired. And they need the body of Christ. They need us, whether they are believers or not, they need us to, as, as the body of Christ, as the believers who follow Jesus, to have compassion upon them. As these believers spent time together, they began to notice that some of the brethren needed food, others needed shelter, and 
Others needed help in other ways, but there were just some needs around them. The more they spent time together, the more their eyes were opened, and the more their eyes were opened, the more compassion they had for one another. Folks, I'm here to tell you that you show me a church that lacks compassion, I'll show you a church that lacks biblical community. Because when we have harmony together, and we have harmony with the Lord, then then we will grow in our compassion, not just for each other, but for those that are outside of our church walls, that are hurting and suffering and struggling. Because they loved Jesus, they loved each other. And they were moved by compassion to act on behalf of one another. What these people did is just absolutely unheard of in today's society. They began to sell their personal property and personal possessions. And their purpose for doing so was so singular. It was so that others could have what they needed. They literally take, took their compassion to a sacrificial level. Their compassion moved them to meet the needs of others. You know why I wanted to show that video of Masolani today? Because that's what you did. You practice biblical community with a born-again believer halfway around the world who had a need. His house was crumbling in, unable to walk on his own two feet, unable to do the things that are necessary to provide for his family. You did something about that. You saw the need. You, you had compassion, and you did something about it. You gave of yourself. And as a result, the beautiful thing is now as a result, there's not just that there's a a nice house built in that village, not that just there's running water there in, in his home, not just that there's now clean water in the village. The beautiful thing is now people are hearing the gospel because of that. The little box that Masolani was holding is called the Proclaimer. It's produced by a group called Faith Comes by Hearing or Faith by Hearing. And they have these little boxes. Now, they they don't run on batteries because just like out in this village, they don't have the access to power and batteries. They can't plug it into a socket. They, They can't run to the corner store and get fresh batteries. It's actually powered by a crank. But it's in the Chichewa language, which is their language. And people gather in that house, not a Bible among them. And they sit in listening circles and they listen as the word of God is being read in their language. But you know why that's happening? Because the church built a house a world away. You see, that's what biblical community looks like. Not just globally, but it looks like here in our own backyard. When we see the need and we see someone hurting and we, and we have compassion because we have biblical community together, our eyes are opened collectively and we're able to do things together that we could never do things individually. I'm excited about what God's going to do in these, 
in this next coming month as we watch him work toward this day of giving that West Stanley Christian Ministries is sponsoring and, and, and the fact that our church can have a hand in ministering to 200 families, local families, not, not Masolani around the world, not someone in another state right here. A chance to minister. You see, the only way we were able to build that house for that crippled man in Africa was because you, First Baptist Church of Locust, practiced biblical community. There's a video that I, I wasn't able to show today. It shows him sitting down with the man who led him to the Lord back in 2000, I think in, in 2003. The zone leader, the pastor in that area who went to Masolani's little shack there and knocked on the door and began to share with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Masolani opened his heart and he received Christ and became a believer. It shows that man sitting down with him in his new house. And, and my heart I, just overwhelms when I see that video because this, 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 this one man, this one pastor who went in that one village and knocked on that one door of that one shack and shared the gospel with that one man now because of what he did. A church halfway around the world's building a house and a community now is hearing the gospel. You see, that's what it means to have compassion. That first result of biblical community is that devotion begins to grow. The second result is that compassion begins to grow. But then thirdly, the most obvious of them all is found in verse 47, and that is that the kingdom of God begins to grow. As they loved each other, as they loved Jesus, as they loved the ones around them, something began to happen in Jerusalem that day. People who never wanted to hear the name of Jesus, who thought he was a heretic and thought he was a fraud and thought he was nothing more than a good teacher and a dead prophet. Now they wanted to know more about him. You know why? Because they saw the change in the life of the people who knew Jesus. You are God's billboard for Jesus. Did you know that? If anyone's ever going to know about him, they're going to have to find out through you. Because they're never going to go to a darkened door of a church unless it's a wedding or a funeral. And then it's only ceremonial. And they're probably never going to wander into a Christian concert somewhere and listen to the words of that song. They're, they're probably never going to make it to a tent meeting or a revival meeting. But you know what they are going to encounter? You. You're God's billboard for Jesus. And as these people begin to love each other and grow in their devotion to Jesus and grow in their devotion to one another and show compassion to those around us. Something beautiful began to happen. The gospel began to spread and the kingdom of God was multiplied in their area. You see, when we read what we read just a moment ago, there were 3,000 saved. But take a moment and read a few chapters over. The next time Peter preaches, there's 5,000 people saved. That's the beauty a biblical community in the body of Christ at work. It opens the door for the gospel. This very verse in verse 47 displays what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 5 when he said these words, Let your light so shine before men in such a way that they see your good works and they glorify your Father who's in heaven. 
The people of Jerusalem took note of this group of believers. They saw something in them that they longed to have in their life. Jesus had made a drastic difference in their lives and, and they wanted those people around them to know it. And we don't want to miss this. It was the growing devotion and the growing compassion that drew people to Jesus in this first century. And I believe the same is true today. Just as now there will be some believers from that little village in Malawi. Some who may have never heard the name of Jesus, I, I don't know. But they may wonder, can I tell you what's going to happen? They're going to come to that house just because they want to see what it looks like on the inside. There's a new house down the show. Boy, have you seen that house? Man, I got to look at this thing. I want to go inside and look at this thing. But guess what they're going to hear when they go inside? The Word of God. They go, they go in to admire the beauty of a home. But what they receive when they're there is they get to hear the beauty of the Lord. You see, that's the way, that's the way God grows His kingdom. He changes lives and He transforms people. He grows them in devotion. He grows them in compassion. And others take note. And they want to know more about that Jesus who did that. Real biblical community is going to grow our devotion. It's going to grow our compassion. But most importantly, it's going to grow the kingdom of God. In just a moment, we're going to stand together. We'll sing together. But I want to, I want to ask you to do some personal reflection. You know, if we, if we hear something and God speaks to us with it, but we don't respond to it, then we've not let God do what he truly had in mind that day. And so it is today. I, I want to ask you, I'm not asking you about anybody else in your family or in your circle of influence or even on your row that you're sitting on right now, but are you? Growing in your devotion to Jesus and to the body of Christ. Are you doing that? Are you growing in your compassion toward others who are in need? But most importantly, is your life attracting other people to Jesus? What, kind, what does your billboard say about Jesus? Does it say, well, he's a good weekend hobby? Or does it say he's the one that transformed my life? In just a moment when we stand, we sing, the altar's always open. It's always available to you. But I'm so glad, you know, that God can speak to me wherever I may be. And I can speak to him. So if you feel led to come and kneel, you're welcome to do so. But maybe you feel right there where you are. You need to bow your heads and pray. Lord, there's something missing in my life. I don't have that hunger like I used to have. For the word of God. I don't, I don't have that, that hunger to grow relationally with other believers like I used to have. Lord, show me. Do a diagnostic test on me today. Show me what's wrong. And as he reveals it to you now and here and today is the time to deal with it. It may be that your compassion is waning. And today you need to ask God, Lord, what, what's going on with my compassion I'm not loving my brothers and sisters in Christ like I used to or like I know I can. Lord, help me to do that. Show me what's hindering me from that.
And as you look at your billboard for Jesus, maybe today you just need to say, Lord, put the right message on that board. I've not been sending the right message out. I want to send the right message out from this day forward because I want to be part of a biblical community that grows the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you. You don't have to have us to do these things, but I thank you that you want us to. Lord, you're so powerful and mighty and glorious and majestic and wonderful. That, Lord, you you do not need us. But I thank you that you want us. That your desire is for your church to live in biblical community together living in harmony with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ and living in intimacy with you so that as we do that, Lord, our devotion will grow stronger and stronger to your word to each other, that our compassion will grow stronger and stronger for those that you put in our path that need your touch. And Lord, that our our message of our life will proclaim your goodness and glory that others who see us and know us, who hear our words, watch our actions, that, Lord, their desire will be to know the God that transformed us. And so they'll come to you and your kingdom will be built. Lord, thank you for First Baptist Church of Locust. But, Lord, I thank you for Berea Baptist and Mission Baptist and Freedom Baptist and all those who are around us. Lord, thank you for... Thank you for Carolina Presbyterian and thank you for Locust Presbyterian. Thank you for Locust United Methodist down the street. Lord, as we're all part of the same body, help us to work together and love each other to build your kingdom. Lord, in these next few moments, will you work in our life to line us up with your purpose and plan? Help us not to miss it. Is our humble prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.
thank you so much for being here today. Um, appreciate it. Want to uh, just let you know that next Sunday is going to be a fun Sunday. We got uh, some infants we're going to dedicate to the Lord. Of course, we know that's more parent dedication than anything else. But we're going to do that, and then we're going to have baptism next Sunday. And if if we can think of some other fun things to do on Sunday, we're going to do that too next Sunday. How's it? You get an extra hour. Oh, that's right. Don't forget to, when you, before you go to bed, don't do it Sunday morning when you get up and discover you're already late. Don't do that. Uh, Saturday, you'll be early. Children are singing next. Good night. You don't want to miss next Sunday. I know you get an extra hour of sleep, plus we're doing all this cool stuff. You don't want to miss that. Uh, don't forget, when you go to, before you go to bed, make sure you run your clocks back one hour. And I don't know, I've heard, and maybe you know more about it than I do, that's the last time we have to do that, that they're going to go back and just stay on Eastern Standard Time, which I don't think that hurts anybody's feelings, right? So uh, enjoy that extra hour of sleep. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday morning. Let's be dismissed to the word of prayer. Father God, thank you again for allowing us to be here. Lord, what a good day it is when we can come together as the body of Christ and fellowship with one another grow in our understanding of who you are. And Lord, I just pray that today we truly are a body that practices biblical community. And Lord, we pray that for every church, regardless of what their, their denomination may be or where they may be located. Lord, we pray that each Bible-believing, God-fearing church will practice that biblical community so that your kingdom may expand throughout this area. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you that you love us in spite of ourselves. You still love us. Dismiss us now with your great love. And Lord, bring us back the next appointed hours. Our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you, I want to see you, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, and I want to see you, to see you.